guys, welcome back to the Black Bite podcast, where myself and my tech friends help underrepresented groups navigate careers in tech. I'm your host, Renee Louise, a current software engineer from a non-traditional background. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking you through my conversation that I had with a career coach and some of the key takeaways that I got from our conversation. It was extremely useful and has definitely helped to shape some of my thoughts, goals and ideas for this year when it comes to my career in tech. If you haven't already, as I say in every single episode, please do navigate to blackbike.com and subscribe to our mailing list. We are two days away from releasing our first newsletter, so you still have some time to get on the mailing list and benefit from the amazing resources that we will be sharing, not just in January, but in every single newsletter that there is to come. So let's start with why I even felt the need to have a career coach. I think when you are either transitioning into tech or going from like junior to mid-level, it is a little bit more of a streamlined process and you have a lot more help, you have a lot more grace and you have a lot more room for progression and improvement. Not to say that when you are a mid-level that you don't have room for improvement, but it certainly is a little bit harder and you need to be a bit more strategic with how you go about achieving that progression. Besides that, unfortunately, last year was also a very hard year for the entire tech ecosystem. I feel like a lot of businesses suffered as a result of the economic crisis, the cost of living crisis, and just so many things that are going wrong in this world right now, which is having a knock-on effect to tech companies winning business. And unfortunately, my company was no exception. I was part of a redundancy process, which lasted approximately six weeks and took a right toll on me and my mental health. This was the first time that I had actually been part of any kind of redundancy process or been considered for redundancy in any capacity. And it definitely really woke me up. It shook me up completely. I totally understand the reason why companies have to do layoffs. I've watched so many of these tech startup movies, series, films, like I know exactly what the reason is behind it. Economically, sometimes it has to happen. And unfortunately, I was part of a process whereby I was at risk of redundancy towards the end of last year. But thankfully, I was kept on and Honestly, I can't tell you how grateful I am, but at the same time, it definitely woke me up because during that six-week consultation process, there's a lot of uncertainty and part of that uncertainty is what led me to a career coach because I realised that I had been a bit too relaxed about my career progression and just the way I have been strategising my career up until that point. So in some ways, I am grateful for being part of that process because it gave me the big wake up call that I needed. And not only was I able to create a personal portfolio, which I had put off for many years, because again, when you've been at a company for such a long time, you naturally become quite complacent. You don't think about other opportunities. You don't consider the fact that you could potentially be made redundant at any time if the company isn't performing. And 
it definitely put things into perspective for me that I need to be a bit more strategic with my career. I need to remove that complacency, that relaxed attitude when it comes to I'm going to be here forever. Because as much as I'd love to, and I love my company, anything can happen and it can happen to anyone. So this is the reason why I met up with a career coach during that time of uncertainty just to try and put things into perspective for me, get someone who is a bit more experienced and understands the lay of the land and try to make plans for what could potentially happen if I was to be made redundant, what would be my next steps. So I'll go through some of the things that I learned during that conversation. I wrote a long list of all of the tips that she gave. While I have not officially started my career coaching sessions yet, I definitely plan to invest in this area of my life in 2024 because wherever you invest, you will see results. But before that happens, I just thought this would be a good podcast episode just to be kind of firstly transparent about the things that happen in a tech career, the things that can potentially happen. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. There are times that can be uncertain. And that's unfortunately what I faced at the end of 2023, where I wasn't sure if I was going to have a job going into 2024. Now, the good thing about not knowing is that I went into action mode. I went into wartime mode and I was looking frantically for help. How can I make sure that I secure this trajectory going forward, whether I have a job or not? And if I don't have a job, what is the next step? And this is what Dion really helped me put into place. So the first thing that I wrote down was always test the market outside. And what I mean by that is always making sure you're keeping up to date with the job market checking out what jobs with your particular skills are paying, checking what jobs are going and maybe even potentially applying for some jobs. Which brings me on to my next point, have a look at roles and companies to work at. So when you're looking for these jobs, have a look at the different roles that are available. Have a look at the different companies that you may potentially want to work at. I was also told by Dion not to apply out of desperation. And I think that that's quite important because when you apply out of desperation or you're in a place where you do not have any leverage, then you also do not have any leverage for negotiation. You're more likely to take a lower salary out of the desperation, despite you having skills that are worth potentially a lot more than what you're willing to take. And that is not a place that we ever want to be in, especially in 2024, because the cost of living crisis is real. Do not shortchange yourself. Always make sure you are coming from a place where there is leverage. Another useful tip that Dion shared was to get a list for who I really wanted to work for. So that might be collating a list of dream companies that I could see myself working at. And it might be because of the culture, it might be because of the compensation, it could be a mix, it could be the location. Whatever it is, get a list of companies that you would ideally want to work for and write them down. I feel like once you write something down, it just becomes that much more real. So I definitely agree with this point. The next thing to do once you've written this list is to connect with people who work at these companies. It's so easy to find people who work at these companies via LinkedIn and other platforms, but mainly LinkedIn, actually. And once you find people who work 
at these companies, you can connect with them, strike up a conversation. I know that that can be quite daunting, but when it comes to your career, I think that there should be nothing left on the table. You definitely need to come out of your comfort zone and do what you need to do to strike up those conversations, go and ask for a coffee date with somebody who is working in the space that might be in your area and just familiarise yourself, expand your network and you never know how that can come through for you, especially in times of redundancies, for example. Another good reason to network is because a lot of the available roles usually haven't even been advertised yet. So when you invest time in networking, a lot of those people can tell you about roles that might be coming up and then you can get ahead of the game, ahead of the curve, get that recommendation, get your CV in and give yourself a real fighting chance of actually getting the opportunity. I feel like once you have somebody who has recommended you, then that almost like really gives you a competitive edge, to be honest. Like, it's not even that it almost does. It definitely does give you a competitive edge. You have somebody in there literally fighting your corner for you. So why wouldn't they consider you more strongly over other candidates who have not been recommended? If you're an engineer like me, but you have specialised, for example, on the front end or the back end, but you still have some knowledge of front end or back end, I was also told to make sure that I don't shortchange myself and put myself forward for full stack roles. It's so much better to put yourself for full stack roles and let the market determine whether you are not qualified for that rather than you trying to discount yourself from the outset. Putting yourself forward for some of these full stack roles as opposed to just the back end or the front end will not only widen the pool of potential jobs that you can get, but it also gives some flexibility as well. This goes the same for even seniority. If you are, say, a junior developer or you are a mid-level developer, don't be afraid to put yourself forward for senior positions. Like, be audacious and do something that is risky. The worst that can happen is they say no. But again, what Dion infused into me, which I did not have before, is that audacity and that nerve to say, you know what, I'm going to put myself forward for this regardless of whether I feel within myself I'm qualified for this or not. Let the market determine because again, I feel like we are probably our worst critics and especially us women. Statistically, we apply to much fewer jobs than men, even though we're more likely to get hired. I was reading a report the other day and it said that on average, women would view 25% more jobs before making an application than a man. So it's better that you get out of your own way and just go ahead and apply and let them tell you no. Don't have all these preconceptions that, oh, well, they might tell me no, so I'm not going to bother even applying. But all you're doing is robbing yourself of that opportunity. What I loved about my conversation with Dion is that she was just so motivating and she seemed to believe in me more than I believed in myself. She even urged me to put myself forward for back-end roles, even if I felt as though I wasn't necessarily a back-end engineer, because typically I do specialise on the front-end. However, I do have exposure to back-end technologies. I was trained as a full-stack developer. And when I told her these things, that is what made her say, well, yeah, if you're feeling brave, go ahead and put yourself forward for back-end too. At the end of the day, being a developer and being an engineer, you are a problem solver by nature. So 
naturally you will be able to adapt, especially in these workplaces. So do not discount yourself, put yourself forward for all the roles possible and then let the market tell you where you're at. There's no way of telling if a company has provisions and allowance for you to upskill whilst you're in the role or not. So you immediately saying, I'm not a backend developer, so I'm not going to apply for this job is just absurd. And I'm so glad I had this conversation with Dion because if not, I'd still be getting in my own way, talking myself out of opportunities that I qualify for and pretty much just selling myself short, which we are not doing in 2024. Another thing that Dion really spurred me on to do was to get my personal portfolio finished ASAP. So at the time that I had the conversation, I was already in the process of building my personal portfolio because I just felt like it was long overdue. And with the redundancies and stuff, I just said, you know what, I need to make sure I have all of my accomplishments in one place. I can't have them scattered. I can't have them all fitting on one CV. I need them to be seen in 4K on a personal portfolio and I need my business card to be shown. Your personal portfolio, like I said in my previous podcast episode, is pretty much your business card as a developer. That is your place that you can showcase your skills. If you have responsive web design skills, you can show that via your personal portfolio. If you're good at accessibility, you can show that in your personal portfolio. If you have some really cool technologies that you use, why not use those technologies to build your personal portfolio and be able to talk about it? When I communicated to Dion what it was that I actually wanted to achieve out of 2024, and if I were to be made redundant, what kind of role I would go for, she was very clear to me and said that, look, it's better that you finish up your personal portfolio before you go ahead applying for these more senior roles because if not, it may not have the best outcome. And I couldn't agree more because I was already feeling in myself like I'm not applying for anything. I pretty much didn't apply for anything during the redundancy process because my personal portfolio wasn't ready. And I really wanted to give a really strong impression to any companies that I did decide to apply for. So I decided I wasn't going to waste my time applying until my personal portfolio was done and dusted. And only then did I start to apply for jobs. Dion has also urged me to put my personal portfolio on LinkedIn, but that is something that I'm a little less comfortable doing for some reason and I'm just not too sure why. I really want to overcome this and try to put myself out there, overcome the negative thoughts that I have because I tend to have this like, I don't know, negative perception of putting yourself out there because if you put yourself out there and people find out all of the amazing things you've done, they may not want to help you. I'm not too sure how that correlates in my mind or how the how everything links up in my mind to equate to that. But I think I've got it completely wrong. And after speaking to Dion, I know I have. What I learned in that conversation is that the more vulnerable you are, the more opportunities that you'll attract. So she even recommended that I talk about the process of me creating my personal portfolio and things like that. And maybe I just have a real issue when it comes to being vulnerable as it pertains to my career and my work life. And that is something that I really need to conquer in 2024 because all it serves to do is rob me of opportunities, rob me of my potential, and I just can't afford for that to happen in 2024. I know that I'm an asset and I will be an asset to any organisation that I have the pleasure of being part of. But if I don't put myself out there, 
how will anyone know? And it doesn't help that I'm an overly private person. Like I typically don't like divulging too many details of my life. So even the creation of my personal portfolio was a miracle in itself because I couldn't believe that I had the guts to write down my life story essentially and my timeline and you know places that I've been for education and work and it just gives me a lot of anxiety the whole thing because yeah I just feel like privacy is the key to maintaining good things in your life but at the same time when you're protected by God you need to have a level of confidence and faith that he will protect everything that you have worked so hard for and everything that he has already laid out for you in your life like nobody can stop God's plan in your life and the sooner I get to grips with that the better because fear is not of God and unfortunately I have been riddled with fear as it pertains to putting myself out there and getting the opportunities that I so rightly deserve one of the questions that I asked during the conversation was how do I navigate sharing my personal experiences or documenting my journey on LinkedIn for example or Instagram or wherever how do I do that without having to be very specific about specific instances not that they'll always be negative but I just believe in privacy and I still can't understand how to gain that balance between sharing and not oversharing, you know, because I'm the type of person that if I do begin to share, I tend to overshare. Um, and that's what happens in my personal life. So I only share things with people that I don't mind oversharing with. So maybe it's a thing of me having to do some internal work and finding out a happy medium especially when it comes to documenting my professional journey and making sure that you know maybe I don't name names or organizations and just talk about my personal experiences and that is what was recommended in the call so that is what I'll try to do going forward so that brings us to the end of this podcast episode I hope that this has been very helpful for you and it helps you to also put yourself out there in 2024 and in the spirit of putting yourself out there and me putting myself out there, I have created an Instagram account just so that I can get a bit more acquainted with putting myself out there on a professional level. And it's called ReneeLouise.Tech. So if you are interested in what I get up to behind the scenes of my tech life journey, I will be posting on there every now and again. And I'll be posting some like exclusive content, which I wouldn't post on my personal pages because I don't really want to bore some people who may not be that interested in tech. So I've created a separate page to talk about all my tech shenanigans, which I usually do. And please do go and follow it if you are a techie, if you're somebody who's just genuinely interested in what I get up to behind the scenes or if you're just interested in anything to do with tech, like that is going to be the bread and butter for 2024. I decided to have an Instagram account, even though that may not be the best place to build your personal brand. Um, but yeah, I just decided to have it there for now because that will help me to create content organically for LinkedIn because I'm more familiar with Instagram. So I think the familiarity of that platform will then help me double up and make some content for LinkedIn. And then it's a two for one. So yeah. 
Anyways, I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. I will see you guys next week. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your days. And oh my gosh, we are going to be in February already. Crazy. Look forward to more podcast episodes. If you have any suggestions, please drop them in the comments. Please DM me on um, Instagram at BlackBite. And make sure you signed up to the mailing list. Okay. See ya.